everybody, it is Thursday, May 4th, 2017, and you are listening to the Talking Games Podcast. I am Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Hugh Perry. Hello! Kelsey Lavati. Hey! And Matt Wood. Hello! Guys, how is it going? Matt, it's been so, so long. <laughs> how is life? How are things? What's up? Um, well, our area of Arkansas flooded. Okay. Uh, my poor neighbors, their backyard is not a backyard anymore. Um, it, uh, they, they got a pool whether they wanted it or not. Um, we got lucky. We got lucky, but uh, that's been going on. I've, I've, we, Mar and I have been traveling a little bit. We went to Kansas City last weekend, uh, so not too, too far. Um, about how far is that from you? About three hours. Okay. I have a, I have a brother that lives there. And, uh, oh, I was in a faculty versus student soccer game uh, this afternoon, and that's humbling. Um, I take it you lost? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yes. Like, nice. It gets to be a point where there's like 20 teachers on the field and just we're doing anything we can. <laughs> and prom is this weekend. Oh, wow. So I hope you got a date. <laughs> I'm not going. I could. <laughs> I didn't book the limo in time, and I was embarrassed. Aww. I didn't want to be like, "Oh, we can just take my car," but I was, I didn't, want, I just, I couldn't do it. I was gonna save face, so I was just not going. Well, but but the, I'm like, "Oh, we're gonna have a non, we're gonna have an anti prom party." <laughs> oh, yeah, you're the cool yeah. kids. It's gonna involve staying in and playing video games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> playing uh, players unknown battlegrounds with you. That's gonna be yeah. my prom. Um, the, the theme is Twilight in the Garden. Okay, what, that, what does that it, mean? It's prom. Like, it's a prom. Rubbish <laughs> vampires with trees. It is, it, it's a prom as prom. Gotcha. I literally used those words when a kid asked me, like, what exactly does that mean? I was like, it, it's just a prom as prom. Yeah. We didn't have a theme for our prom, I don't think, when I had my prom. My actual prom. We don't have them over here because it's Britain and they're just like, yeah, you finished school. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would take that over, like, the... <laughs> Over the intense social anxiety that comes out of having proms in school. Yeah, you get that when you're an adult anyway, so... It's true, exactly. So, they start you young, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, we're here to talk about video games, not about adolescent angst, Um, but I'm sure that might also happen. Um, It it tends to, every every episode, (laughs) in some form or another. Um, It's all the schooling that goes on. (laughs) We've got a we got a lot of games to to get through and, and to cover. Uh, let's start with Matt. Matt, let's start with you. Okay. I'm gonna put three minutes on the clock. You're gonna talk oh, about I'm... a stunningly new game. <laughs> for what it's worth, it's new for me and new in regards to what I usually talk. That's about. That's true. Exactly. It is very new um, for you. Um, you have three minutes. Go ahead. It's Wolfenstein: The New Order. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm going to fill up three minutes because I just don't have that much to talk about. It's right. been. It's been. Uh, it's. It's been busy, but uh, I. It was on sale a couple of weeks ago, and I loved Doom uh, last summer. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think it's made by the same people. It's. It's not. It's it, published by it's, the same it's, people, it's, but it's not yeah, it's made by the same. Bethesda. People. It's Bethesda, Bethesda publishes it. Uh, yeah. Machine Games, who made. Um, who are people who used to be in a company called Starbreeze who made the mm-hmm. Riddick games and the Darkness game um, and a bunch of really great first-person games made Wolfenstein. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's 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 kind of in the same vein as Doom where everything's just overly amped up. Everything The, the history is, you know, as if a 
five-year-old was telling you the history <laughs> of World War II. Uh, you know, so I, I it was a good time. It's exactly what you want from like a revision of Wolfenstein 3D. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it had that same spirit that Doom kind of did where it's like, yeah, there's a story, but come on. Let's just, let's rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 didn't, I haven't like played it for too much. I played it for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Wolfenstein, it's been... Uh, you know, I, I've played a little Star Wars Battlefront because I always play. That's that's my like comfort food when I come home. It's, a good it's one. like, yeah, you can play for 15 minutes, you know, and have a good time and get frustrated and get all your curse words from the that you've built up over the day uh, out. Yeah, it's a great and, game uh, for that, Matt. Overwatch. I, I can imagine. It's a very good ask, video game. Ask Cody about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think any game where you die unexpectedly and you need at least 10 seconds to figure out. How did I? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Wolfenstein's a great game. That was, uh, I think, 2015. That game came out. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so wow, that is a very recent. Yeah, game I'm pretty sure 2015. <laughs> uh, really, really like that game a lot. Um, yeah. Wait, no, 2014, maybe. Oh, it's getting older. I'm trying to think. Okay. No, it was 2014. It was 2014. It's still not retro. Yeah. Uh, still, yeah, still, it's a very good time. Um, yeah, it's a good ass video I, game. I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I've, I've played a few other things, but nothing uh, overly uh, exciting. Um, I, uh, I I bought X-Men 2 The Clone Wars for the Sega Genesis. Okay, of course. Uh, a, of course it's just a weird, weird name. Uh, <laughs> and I have, a, I have a friend that's really, really, really like, he's like my X-Men guy. Like whenever I have a question about the X-Men, which you have plenty of when you read X-Men comics, mm-hmm. you just ask him. And I said, it's talking about failings a lot. And he was like, that doesn't mean anything good. Don't just don't look into it. Don't like, bother. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I will say, even though you're kind of early, you're three minutes out, but you're, uh, uh, you're, mm. uh, you're early, the story does develop in some interesting ways in that game. Um, mm. It actually makes BJ Blazkowicz like a pretty interesting main character at a certain point. Yeah, it made me decide between shooting like a friend of mine and then shooting like a other guy that I was cool with like pretty early on. Okay. And uh, I, I tried to do that thing like you do in Metal Gear when you're being tortured, where it's like I'm not going to play along, <laughs> and it's like, well, then you're not going to progress in this. Yeah, game. no, it's not that kind of game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unplug your controller and put it in a different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I see you've been playing Doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, GameCube one where it's like you've been playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And in the GameCube one, you have to switch, like, multiple ports on that thing. Like, yeah. to, like to, to get the controller thing. Not just two ports yeah. on that thing. It's all four. Yeah. It's, um, it's such a weird, weird boss. Yeah. All right. So, let's... Tr- Kelsey, three minutes for you. Um, and go. Okay. So, I'm still playing a bit of ukulele. I still really like it. They fixed the camera... Uh, issue that a lot of people were having so it's gotten a bit better visually at um, playing it. I still like the levels. I love Laylee. She's so cute. I want to put her in my pocket. She's the best part about it. Uh, then I've been playing NHL 17 again because <laughs> it's playoffs and my two teams didn't make it past the first round. So. Oh no. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like really upset about it. So I've been playing that, and I've also been playing uh, Nintendogs <laughs> because it was my Go dog's on. birthday last week, and my mom 
was like really into it and she was like make, making like cupcakes and stuff and I was talking about it with my sister and she's like oh I remember that dog game you played <laughs> I was like holy shit and had dogs I completely forgot <laughs> wow <laughs> best reaction anyone's ever had towards Nintendo yeah. holy shit holy shit Nintendogs which, which Nintendogs do you have is it the, no, it's not dogs and cats or anything like that. It was mm. from 2006. Oh, okay. It's that, that, OG, it's that OG shit, right? OG. Yeah, it was OG. on my DS, like not even my 3DS. That's it was forget, the one before that. the sequel that's called Holy Shit Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2005, that's what it's from. Yeah, okay. Uh, what what, what, what puppies it. do you have on the cover? What puppy do you have on the cover? Yeah. I had a Labrador. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. They had a uh, Dalmatian, like Chihuahua. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dalmatian, Chihuahua. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to like EB Games and I'm going to see if they have <laughs> other Nintendo. I've been super into it. I don't know. I don't know. It's like such an old game, but it's so cute. And like, I think just with like school, it's like the best thing. I go and I have like, I have my real puppy, but she bites everything. So I have like my fake yeah. puppies who. Who love me? It's frisbees. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. As long as you feed them and like rub their bellies and yeah. throw exactly. balls yeah. to them and stuff. Exactly. And I forgot how them. fun it was. <laughs> I never got the Nintendogs thing. Like, and I know it's like a virtual pet, so it's like, it's like you know a Tamagotchi or whatever. But it, I, and I never got that stuff yeah. either. It was like a responsibility to me, and I'm like, I don't want another responsibility. I just want to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> also, Kelsey would have been a child when it originally came out <laughs> unlike the rest of us no i was i was 13 i was gonna be 13 i was 12 yeah, okay that's I was a child a yeah yeah <laughs> if you yeah. saw a 12 year old now you'd be like that's say, a child what, what constitutes a legal adult in canada yeah, you wouldn't say oh look at this grown-up coming down here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay i was yeah. a child <laughs> On Nintendo Dogs, you have to be careful because if you name the dog something inappropriate, you have to, you know, it has a microphone. So you have to actually say that name over and over again. So you can't just say, hey, butt suck, come here. (laughs) Bollocks. Behave, bollocks. I had the brain training game for DS and it would never be able to understand when I said the word blue. It just never, Mm. every other word was fine, but I'd have to do that thing where you go blue. And then it wouldn't do anything. I go blue, and then you end up being like blue, blue, <laughs> screaming into this like little machine in your hands. Oh, going. What are you saying? Blue, <laughs> blue, Matt. Oh, you know the bear from Jungle Book. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Bill yeah. Murray. Okay. Bleu. <laughs> bleu. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. <laughs> All right, uh, Hugh, you ready? <laughs> yeah, you've got three minutes and go ahead <laughs> I've got the googles now um, okay so um, I played through um, What Remains of Edith Finch um, and I gotta say that game is absolutely amazing um, I, it's a good video game I loved it Like I, uh, um, oh he was stuck in a very interesting pose right now oh on our God. screens um <laughs> you froze you froze you said uh, on our end you said that game's amazing and then you froze in like a like a very like debonair like hand on shin position that definitely isn't me i'm not debonair <laughs> anyway <laughs> i played through what remains of edith 
Edith Finch. Um, and yeah, it, it's absolutely fantastic. It blew me away. Um, you know, very much in the vein of like Firewatch, that kind of like first person experience, but very much more, um, I would say like avant garde and um, creative with its storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and like i i just wasn't expecting that of it i was i was expecting a story with a bit of clout to it because i read a few bits about it but i saw enough reviews to sort of tell me that it i needed to play it type thing um but when you're playing through the memories and the stuff you have to do um like you said on the show um last week bobby the the stuff you have to do i I won't like tell anybody because it you need to go into it, I think, with fresh eyes. Yeah. And have it all be a surprise for you. Um, but yeah, really good emotional clout to the game. Great story. And the stuff you like, the stuff it does with the storytelling is absolutely fantastic. Um, also been playing a little game on um, my Switch called Kamiko, which was the first part of a, an experiment with downloading games using my phone as a wi-fi hotspot because mm-hmm. i was basically living <laughs> in a field full of sheep for half of last week um really cool little top-down game kind of looks a bit zelda-ish um, it looks like a hyper light drifter yeah kind of like that yeah um and it's really cool it's like i think it's like four different areas at the moment i'm just at the end of the second it's three different characters each with different abilities one's like One's got a sword, one's got like a boomerang, one's got um, a bow and arrow. Um, and it's just kind of like simple puzzles throughout and there's just like re- enemies re- respawning. Really cheap, I think it cost me about, I think it was about £4.50, something like that. Um, really fun little game. And I, I think from what I've heard, it only takes a couple of hours to complete it. And I think so I think I'm about halfway through it. So I recommend that. Um, and the the culmination of the experiment using my phone as a Wi-Fi hotspot was downloading uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Edition. I'm going to carry on because for half of that, we were giggling and messing around. <laughs> That's not my fault. That's all your fault. <laughs> there it is. You started speaking because my camera froze. Um, but yeah, um, finally, like after years of hearing so many good things about it, finally got to play uh, Mario Kart 8 um, and I absolutely love it. It's so good to have a Mario Kart game back. That's right. I didn't even think life. of that, dude. I forgot you didn't have yeah. a Wii U. I know. I'm I like, didn't... what are you talking about? I was like, I played this game two years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just completely fresh to me. Um, I think I think the actual... I think I played Mario Kart 7. On the DS? Um, 3DS? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just so much fun. Just, like so many tracks just so many characters like there's a there's stuff to unlock as well with new carts and stuff like that but yeah it's it's just mario kart at its best there's nothing else you can say about it yeah it's but, awesome because they have all the tracks and racers unlocked from the start on this one yes. which is great instead of making you unlock them as you go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um as you know, Bobby, I got three stars on all of the 50cc yes, and 100cc. Now that is true. That's correct. Now, <laughs> if you go back and watch Hugh's first video of his Mario Kart series, where he's telling to get three stars on all of the 150cc and 200cc tracks, he makes a very snide comment about how any it wasn't snide at all. Yeah, if you're a true hardcore gamer, 
you 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 can three star 100 cc and 50 cc without a without a without a thought and then if you look right <laughs> on one of his 100 cc courses not three starred that crown <laughs> circuit really uh tripped you up you uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're really, really overplaying my. <laughs> this is this is fake news, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I made a boo boo and completely missed the fact that I two starred one of them. Um, but I went back and proved proven booby, but booby, booby, yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> for that. Bobby wrong, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've three starred it now. So awesome, eat that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played it. Actually, I had to. Um, I had to do jury duty today and ended up getting excused. But I, uh, in the waiting room, I was there for like like three hours or something. I played Mario Kart 8 on my Switch in the waiting room nice. of the, the, the courthouse. So that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> though I couldn't connect to the public Wi-Fi. It was being spotty. I, I wanted to get on. I was going to like text you here and be like, jump on Mario Kart. We can play. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Here. I'm really excited to like play online with people. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. I've got three minutes left on this clock um, for myself, and I'm going to go here. So uh, last time I was on the show, I talked a little about just starting near Automata. I played a little bit more, enjoying it, not far enough yet to really go too much more into it. Justin talks in depth in the last episode, if, if, if you didn't hear it. Um, I finished Blackwood Crossing, which is a, uh, much like you were talking about before, you had Gone Home-ish, Firewatch's type uh, first-person um, story-based adventure game. Very light puzzle solving, solving elements, um, mostly just about the narrative. Cool art style, very cartoony looking thing. It's and, and it's very British as well. It's um, good. It was very good. It, I think it was hurt by the fact that I just also finished Edith Finch, which I think is a monumental one of these games, and this is just a good one of these games um but it's pretty cheap i think and i think you get on ps4 xbox one or pc it's a good game uh, it's definitely it's worth it's two or three hours of, of playtime, and it was definitely an interesting thing it's more about um uh, a girl uh, dealing with tragedy in her family her parents have passed away and other things have happened and, and it's kind of how she's dealing with it and it's, it takes on like a fanciful sort of creepy vibe at some points but it's mostly just kind of honest emotional sort of storytelling um, I played through Little Nightmares, which is a game from a studio called uh, Tazier, and it is, if you've played Inside or Limbo, it is a game like that. It is a puzzle platformer um, with a very creepy vibe. Um, it's very screen-based, much like that, and it's very, you know, it's not, a, it's not about precision platforming. It's very loose, and it's about this little little girl named six i believe her name is escaping or nine i can't remember it's one of those numbers escaping uh this kind of underwater nightmare factory really there are these like giant disgusting adults that are trying to consume you at every at every turn uh it, it, sometimes it is extremely extremely creepy like just flat out scary other times it's kind of cool it, it's it's not as tight as a game like Limbo or especially Inside, um, but it's still very good. And again, three hours. I think it's 20 bucks on uh, PS4 and Steam. Uh, I don't know if it's on Xbox One, uh, but a cool game for sure. And if you like those types of games, definitely something to check out. It's got great music and it's got great style as, as well. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, and I've been playing some more player unknown battlegrounds. Hugh and, actually, Hugh and I actually played a, a great, great deal of it today. 
Um, yes. Kind of an unplanned fashion. Uh, this we, I talked about it a few weeks ago. It's a multiplayer uh, only game. It's basically Battle Royale or Hunger Games. Uh, the game, you get on an airplane, you get dropped with 100 other people onto an island. You got to pick up weapons and try to survive until the end. Um, I'm not very good at it, but it has a tension and a, and a entertainment value that I don't think many games really, really have. Um, a lot of fun. Um, you get in these battles like... You know, I, I was playing with Hugh today, and I, I'm walking in this garage, and I'm like, I think I hear somebody, and all of a sudden, this person comes, like, running around a corner, and they don't have a weapon, and I do, and so they just sort of, like, serpentine themselves around me, and I'm, like I said, I'm not very good at the game, so I'm trying to shoot them, and they run up these stairs, and I chase them up the stairs, and, but once I get up the stairs, I'm then terrified that now they have a weapon, and now they're waiting for me on, uh, around this hallway, in this door, ready to take me out, because uh, I missed my chance. Luckily, I, I got them. It wasn't very pretty. Um, but I got them, uh, and, uh, it's just a ton of fun. Um, and he was watching me play for part of it. And then we actually got to jump into a game together, uh, right before we hopped on here. And that was great. That was squatting up and talking and just sort of trying to figure out what you want to do is a really fun thing, you know? And the fact that the game is, it's, 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 I had to play with mouse and keyboard, which I'm terrible at. Um, but what I like about it is, yeah it's it's you know you versus everybody else but only you're only gonna die once per match because once you die it's over and you just go back to the lobby and go into their game um and everybody is except for one person is gonna die so i when i don't win i don't feel so bad about myself because there's a hundred people in, in every match but it's a it was a ton of fun and i look forward to playing more of it i he, he, i recorded the playthrough that hugh was kind of commenting along with me on so that'll go up um, sometime it might be up a time you hear this. I'm not sure. It depends how long it takes to export, but uh, exciting stuff uh, and really keen to go back to it. Yeah, it's good yeah. fun. Yeah, Hugh, you got it to actually run on your computer. Um, yeah, a, sort of run more of like it's more of a jog, really. <laughs> um, yeah, the frame rate isn't great, and it's a bit. Um, uh, well, the game we played just before we came on, I ended up me in a stairwell with these two other guys and I was just like moving the mouse all over the place just like <laughs> firing my shotgun and like the frame rate was just kind of like catching up as I was firing <laughs> so I had no idea if I was uh I think I like glanced one of them but mm. yeah they um they basically wrecked me in the end but I... yeah it's it is a good fun game like you know sort of there's that element of chance about it about you know you can you can play one game you might only find like you know a backpack and a crossbow or you can play one game and you'll find like an assault rifle with all the best attachments and a sniper rifle with a great scope and all the best armor and you can just you know hold up somewhere look through windows pick people off um you know, isn't is that element of sort of like increasing tension as the um because you've got to stay within a set um area of play. Yeah, they restrict um, every couple of minutes. They restrict the play area. Yeah, and if you're and outside that area, you start taking damage. Um, yeah. so that it forces everyone into one section. And I was so, the I mean, we were sort of not that we would have the situation would have come out much better for us in another in another scenario but we were trying to like get done with it cuz we need to come record the podcast <laughs> but i was so pissed because we knew they were in there we had figured out where they were you know but it was just a matter of like executing on it and we just couldn't and when i ran after you died i like ran up the stairs to try to avenge you 
and I'm pretty sure that when I was, I just shot the first like figure I saw, and I'm pretty sure I just shot your dead body. I'm pretty sure that's what I did first. <laughs> so that was Fair that was enough. a bummer. That was a bummer. But yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I'm definitely gonna play some more of it. Um, I hope it comes to console. I know they've they've said like they've made hints about it and stuff like that, but I hope it does come to console and that you know we get like because I'd like more people to be able to play it. You know, I think it would be a cool game for. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't, given the success of it on um, on PC. And like like I said, is one of the developers said they've all already got it up and running on Xbox One, mm-hmm. and they're working on PlayStation Four. So right. there's nothing firm in place, but who knows? Maybe we'll get something in E3 where they might, you know, give us a date. Hopefully by the end of this year, where where it'll come to console. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So let's move on from from our game talk. Um, Kelsey, I'm gonna actually go to your segment because you there's some new games on Switch that you wanted to talk about. Uh, well, there's only really one okay. that I wanted to focus on. Okay. Because it's the most like uh, interesting in terms of like relative relativity mm-hmm. with uh, news. It's that there's a. I don't. I'm not sure if it's confirmed. It's rumors right now. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's a leak. Of a Mario and Rabbids game. Okay. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Rabbids is a Ubisoft published game. It's a spinoff from uh, the Raymond series. I like and... how you said Raymond, like it was a like it was a last name. <laughs> Fred Raymond. It's from the Fred Raymond series. <laughs> Have you guys heard about it? Yeah. It's pretty. Uh... <laughs> Everybody loves him. Everybody loves Fred. He's from, he's from Pretty Queens. popular. He's from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Raymond Romano. Yeah. He's a great guy. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves him. <laughs> Everybody loves Raymond. All right. <laughs> Bring all the hot jokes back. All right. Let's continue. So basically, um, it's rumored that this will be like a turn-based combat game with Mario, Luigi, Yoshi, and Peach, Princess Peach. And then the rabbits dressed up as them. and i thought it was funny um because like i never played like i never played rabbits like i used to open up boxes of the game at toys r us to be like this stupid game again and i would like just fill it because i had so many rows of it so (laughs) i have like a bad a bad memory with rabbits but uh i thought it was interesting because it means like crossover like more crossover games between third party and nintendo Mm mm-hmm and in, when it, it's going to start encouraging, like, more third-party developers to try to, like, pair up with them. Because Nintendo has this thing where they don't believe, like, third-party makes makes them money. Mm-hmm. So this, if this is true, that's, like, a real merge of the two when they originally thought that it wouldn't make them money. I don't know. I want to know what you guys thought about it. Yeah, well, I think... After the Switch was announced and the volume of third-party support that the Switch was getting, um, like, from the off. Um, and, you know, Nintendo sort of dipping their toe in mobile gaming and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, if it does turn out to be true and the fact that they're, they're willing to do these, like crossovers i mean obviously they've done like the mario and sonic at the olympics type things and stuff like that in the past but to actually go outside that and make a game where their their characters are 
being used as sort of like you know for outfits and so on and so forth in other games and um made by other developers or you know co-created uh, i think it's yeah. quite exciting because you know ubisoft uh one of the more um i would say you know inventive and sort of brave when it comes to the the stuff they put out so yeah i mean like i said if if it does turn out to be true then hopefully this is a sign that nintendo are um hope you know a pushing the boat out a bit in terms of being a bit more adventurous and b hopefully it'll mean we'll see more more games from them more regularly so yeah i'm all for it if it does happen yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's awesome. I think that, you know, Ubisoft is traditionally a company that supports new platforms more than others. Like, if you look at the Wii U, if you look at the Wii, Ubisoft has kind of always been there. They've, they're always putting out, they're always the ones to take the risk because they want, if there's a chance for it to be successful, a chance for it to hit, they want to be there for it. Um, and they don't want to be left behind. You know, you saw like Red Steel and stuff like that when when the Wii and, and the and the Raving Rabbits game, which is when it started at the, at the launch of the Wii. Uh, I think they want to be there. This is cool because this sounds like it has potential, sort of like um, Super Mario RPG aspects to it. If it's a turn based RPG, which could be cool. I mean, of course yeah. they've been they've been sort of carrying that legacy over, right? With the uh, with the uh, Mario and Luigi series, I think that's the RPG one, right? That and Super yeah. Paper Mario, um, mm-hmm. and Paper Mario. Paper Mario has kind of gone farther away from that more recently, but I, I think that it's really cool to see that this game in, on its own is cool, and, and I like the Rabbids. I mean, they got a little played out during the Wii era, uh, but I loved that Raving Rabbids game, that first sort of like mini game collection. I had a ton of fun with it, and I don't know if it was just because. There wasn't that much to play at the time, but I I really liked that game a lot. And I think that there are funny characters who you can do funny stuff with. And it seems like there's going to be, from reading the Kotaku story, there's going to be some, uh, it's going to be very light in tone. Apparently they, there's like, they saw art of like the Mario and Luigi shooting like laser guns and, and stuff like that. So um, it could be cool, you know? And, and I think that the more the Switch sells, the, the more developers are going to develop for it, or at least try to develop for it. And we'll see just how far the power gap is between the two systems uh, or how difficult it is to port down from a PS4 or an Xbox One to the Switch with if it gets very if the Switch gets very popular, we'll know if Call of Duty or, you know, whatever those if they if they're willing to do the work to make that thing run on a Switch, then we know that the support is really there and things are really happening for them. If we continue to see just games like this which could be very good games but ap- uh, appeal to a very certain audience um it'll be good for us as gamers and and quality wise but i don't know if it's going to mean major third-party support but i would love to see more publishers on board with them i i uh what i what what i hope happens with this uh i think nintendo has been trusting third parties a lot more um, in regards to making these kind of side games, like you know, the rabbits are a mini game, uh, kind of Mario Party kind of fair. Uh, I I think Nintendo is keeping their first party studios uh, or publishers. I mean, uh, kind of. I feel like they're keeping them working on larger projects and trusting these smaller projects with uh some outside uh you know third-party companies and I, I that gets me excited because it means that their top talent 
not that the Mario Party games are bad, or you know, like that Metroid game. Yeah, they're uh, kind of bad. Out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, 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 you, you never know who you're going to insult. Mario with Party that. games, let's be honest, have never been good. Okay, thank they've you. never been good. Thank you. I completely agree. But I, like I said, I you want you don't want to just jump to that, and I I, I don't. I'm still kind of the new guy. I, I, I didn't want to say that. And you're like, no, Mario Party's awesome. No, Mario Party's terrible. I like jumping over jump ropes. and. It wouldn't be the most <laughs> outlandish thing you've said on the yeah. show. To be yeah. fair. <laughs> Link's Awakening is the best Zelda game. Mario Party 3 is the best N64 game. <laughs> no, um... No, uh, but no, I, I, I hope that like they're they're keeping their, their top talent close and trusting... Uh, their properties with some of these third parties that are willing to take a chance because, you know, if I have Ubisoft and I know by putting Rabbids with Mario, that's going to, that's not going to hurt the sale of my game. And Nintendo is probably realizing the exact same thing. Um, I, I, I hope that, you know, it seems like Nintendo is, is willing to share the load a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. And I think that's incredibly healthy for their company. Yeah. And I, th- and I think I, it does help the, um, the like the signs are incredibly promising for the switch like mm-hmm. when you've got nintendo switch games actually outselling the console itself right. which means that there's still going to be people buying the console you know they're just waiting for stock of it that's yeah. a hell of a good sign and mario kart 8 is actually in the uk the first nintendo game to get a number one in the charts for six years like, if you had said, like, in the 90s, if you had thought, like, you know, it, there was a, there would be a six-year gap between, an in, like, Nintendo games being, like, the top-selling game in the UK, you probably, you, it just w- wouldn't be, the thought would just wouldn't cross your mind. So, mm-hmm. this, the signs are there, and hopefully, you know, step-by-step, step, Nintendo are going to start you know, getting their feet further under the table and they're going to make a real success of this console. Because I, I want to see Nintendo back and being... Like, I, I don't... They're never going to sell in the in the quantities of the PlayStation and Xbox One, I don't think. Right. But I, I want to see them make a success of it and I want there to be great Nintendo games and I want there to be great games from people other than Nintendo on Nintendo consoles. So, uh, yes. like, any sign like this... And let's face it, these days when rumours like these come out, they're usually not unfounded. So it's probably, mm. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it is true. Yeah. That, you know, there's there's a lot to be excited about with the Switch. And, you know, if things like this do start coming true, it it could easily be like the most exciting console we've had for years. Because, you know, PlayStation and Xbox One, you just get, it's just a... The, the games are there and they're coming out. You're just used to that. But if we start getting this new wave of stuff that is unexpected and original from Nintendo, then hell yeah, let's, like it it can only be good for the gaming industry and and us as gamers. Yeah, the, and the, the Switch is honestly the I was the way I played Zelda has ruined me. For hmm. long games, I think on other consoles. Like I'm loving playing Persona Five, but I wish I could play it on the Switch in the way I did. You know that that ability to sort of, you know, pull it off and just just sit on the couch. You know, 
while my wife watches something else, you know, while, you know, and I can still play, sit there and play the game just like I'd be looking on my phone, you know, like, and that's what the playing Zelda did a lot of the time was whenever I was like, oh, I'm just going to look at my phone and just kind of, just kind of scroll through my phone. I was like, nope, I'm going to take the switch off and play, and play Zelda. And I wish I could do that for, you know, everything, but especially long games, uh, because it allows me to play them in a way that more fits my life and my situation you know, um, so the more stuff that's on Switch, the, the better, um, for, for sure. I mean, Kelsey, you brought this table. Do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I want, well, I'm excited. I feel the same way about it as you guys. I think I, I'm not excited for Rabbids specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're allowed to be. I, it's fine. Yeah. It's not like I, they're the minions <laughs> from Despicable Me or something. They, you that's know, true. They, they're likable. It's true. I'm just excited for what will become of, of this. I don't know, like, you know, everyone always talks about how they would, like, I don't know about you guys, but people I know, they're like, oh, I wish, like, Mario was on the PS4 because I don't buy, I don't buy Nintendo products, blah, blah. And so... <laughs> Your friends have weird voices, Kelsey. <laughs> they <Yeah>. do. I... <laughs> well, to be fair, if that's the way they're going to be, they probably got funny voices, so it's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's, I don't know. I'm just excited to see like what else they'll bring. Like for me, it would be the opposite. Like I'd be excited to see what they might bring to Nintendo, mm-hmm. or like if this sets off a sort of thing where Nintendo might want to invent um, like more characters, like based off of other games. I don't know. Like that to me is the more exciting part. And I think that because the Switch, do we know if the Switch sold more than the Wii U? Oh, it, I mean, it's going. I mean, it, I think it's already. Well. Yeah. I think it's sold yeah. a quarter of it, of how much the Wii U sold in its entire lifetime in the first two months. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think. Okay, so I think that's it's, really encouraging. Yeah, trajectory is good. Yeah, it's selling good. faster than the Wii did. I think right now, yes, it is. I mean, you know, I I, I think Wii numbers are something that you know you, you shouldn't really compare it to because that's yeah. like a phenomenon. That's like comparing it to the PS2. But yeah. if, if if it can if you can penetrate the market the way that the other consoles have, that's what you really just want to see them do at this point. Yeah. The, the numbers basically mean Nintendo's in the game. Yes. And the, yeah. the, we, we are not looking at the last Nintendo console. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, they just announced a new Nintendo console last week. Well, it's not yep. really new. It's a new design. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but what, yeah, uh, I, I was a little blown away by that. I was happy to see that. Um, it's a nice I, looking I, bit of kit too. Matt is speaking of cool. the, yeah. new, the new Nintendo 2DS mm-hmm. XL. Yeah, yeah, I th- yeah, exactly. I, but man, they're bad at names. Yes. Um, but uh, but no, that looks that looks really really sleek. I I think it's you know, and I, I I'm I, I like I, we had this discussion when the Switch came out. I I like even though the Switch is portable, there is just a different kind of game that shows up on the 3DS. And it's hard to explain, but I, I do like that diversity in the line. And I I don't know. I, I, I would hate to see the portable just go away completely because as great as the Switch is, it's not completely 100% designed. It has to be a jack-of-all-trades. And uh, I don't know. I, I was, I'm happy to see that 3DS is not just going away. As a matter of fact... I was at Walmart this weekend and I saw 3DSs on the shelf and I haven't seen that in forever. Nice. Yeah, no, they just so. they're, they're finally getting stock back. 
I mean, I, yeah. I don't, I, I don't care if the 3D. I don't if they're going It's fine if the Nintendo has a handheld device that they put out. Mm-hmm. I just want all of those games to also come to the Switch because I yeah. want to play them, and I, but I don't want to yeah. have to you play them on two different systems. No, I, yeah, and I understand that yeah. convenience is definitely yeah, um, yeah, important totally. Yeah, I mean, so Kelsey, I mean, we we really went far off your question, but yes, it's going to sell more than the Wii U sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and it won't be a failure for them, which is good, which is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Indeed. Thank God. All right, um, Kelsey, do you have anything else you wanted to say about the, the topic? I know, not really. I just wanted to talk about like crossover and we spoke about it so. okay all right awesome um hugh you want to talk about esports because you are a a professional video gamesman yeah you know you know Hard, I'm, hardcore yeah hardcore yeah hardcore you should yeah. see him with a mouse and keyboard he's like a <laughs> like a, a drunk yeah like a- <laughs> <laughs> running into doorways and stuff yeah like Just a like, drunk uh, who also took muscle relaxers because he can't move his blah, blah, blah. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, so um, it's just something I've been like thinking about recently because there's this whole thing. Like I've been speaking about in, in the um, Discord chat, um, the big sort of standalone um, retailer for video games in the UK called Game um, recently bought out a um, an esports company. I'm not sure what the company's called. Um, and started converting all of their stores um so each one has or the larger ones in bigger cities i'm not sure if all of them have them um but they've all now got gaming centers in them called belong um and they're really cool they've spent a, they must have spent a hell of a lot of money on these things cuz each one have got i think it's 12 stations each station has a pc that's worth 1700 pounds a ps4 and an x1 xbox one um connected up to it um and it's reasonably priced too it's like three pound for an hour five pound for two um and they're loaded up with everything you can go in sit down play overwatch you can even log into your own steam account and you know just do what you want there um and part of the basis of these things is each of these stores that have these gaming centers in them have their own esports team. So in Cardiff, you've got one called Cardiff Saints. Um, and you sort of, I'm, I'm guessing if you're a regular in there and you basically make yourself, you know, a bit of a name for yourself in these things, they can recruit you onto that store's team um and every now and then they have like certain larger stores um uh, what they call arenas and every now and then they'll have um competitions in them and i'm guessing depending on how the competitions go they then have like some sort of like a larger competition then between the winners of the smaller ones in london um where they have a tournament and then is you know a big part of money to win as a prize um so i was just kind of sort of thinking to myself um like where is where are esports gonna go next like there's a big thing with um you know there's a lot of people calling for him to be 
um, put like brought into the Olympics, um, and they just seem to be growing like massively. So, I guess if I'm going to put it as a question to everybody, um, where do you slash where would you like to see esports go? Um, and are there any games that aren't necessarily you know they may still they may be played as an esport, but would you like to see you know get a lot of exposure as an esport? It's a good question. I, I Kelsey, I have a question for you. I mean, you love Overwatch, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any interest in watching people play Overwatch competitively? I would. Um, actually, it's funny because we have uh, two sport events that happen here are one the bigger one is uh, northern arena and it uh, happens at the bell center and i think that they might have an overwatch one this year but i'm not 100 percent sure i know last year it was their first time uh doing it at a, at a big event so they didn't have um a lot of uh games like they were trying to keep it more uh, simple because it was their first time i think not 100% sure. That could be another uh, tournament completely. But I know that they want to try to bring Overwatch. And, like, I would be interested in in watching it. I, I like watching Twitch streams. So I'm sure I w- wouldn't find any problem with watching it play as a team competitively. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I know you... Uh, I think of the people on this show, you watch the most or close to the most uh, like uh, people playing through games but i know it's like a, it's like a different for me anyway because i watch let's plays as well it's sort of like a different um a different animal to me because competitively like i have to it's like watching anything right like i i like sports don't get me wrong but like i, I can i can watch a baseball game or a football game where i have no investment in the teams and be fine but I don't really have a, a desire to watch either of those things unless the team in which that's playing is someone that I have some sort of emotional in, investment in, in who wins and who loses. And, and I guess for me, the, the divide for me uh, is I haven't really ever, I haven't done the, the work or the spent the time to find out, are there people who um, I would like in this space playing games that I'm interested in? Because, you know, some of the games that are often the most, heralded for esports are games like dota and stuff like that which which i have csgo but even like first person shooters like i whatever whether it's a csgo or it's overwatch or it's whatever i can i can sort of understand the mechanics of what's happening because it's just people shooting each other but something like dota i i i understand the basic idea of what they're doing but the strategy and levels of play are just completely beyond me right um that put that in addition with not having teams that I care about, it's tough for me to get into that stuff. I think the thing that Overwatch is doing with like the, the like the location based teams with like the league they're starting, where there's gonna be like the New York Reinhardts or whatever, and you know you can decide to root for a team that's from your area. I think that's a great way to get people in and me to get me into it because I can go okay. I don't know anybody who plays for the New York team, but I they're from New York. I am from New York. I, I watch sports, so I, I know the basic insanity of rooting for something just because the team is based in the location that you're in. Exactly. I can I, I can get into this. That's my that's my sort of like 
why I don't think I've ever really gotten into it is because of that. Is because I, I I don't have a rooting interest in anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I watch a lot of Twitch streams. I watch a lot of Let's Plays. But again, that's just because I like the personalities who are playing the games. Um, and sometimes it's cool to watch them play games that I'm also interested in. But the competitive stuff, I just never have found any anything to sink my teeth into. I guess. Matt, what about you? I I really have no. Uh, I mean, I I'm all for it. Uh, I just that level of competition. Um, Do you ever watch any like online let's plays uh, or anything like that? Or, or are you sure? I mean, I I have, but mostly out of interest of do I want to play this gotcha. game and and things like that. But you know, I I I I'm all for it. And I will say this: I I had a friend when we lived in Central Arkansas. Who loved what's the uh, fighting uh, game tournament that they have every year? Evo. The big one, Evo. Evo. Uh, one weekend, he was just really that. That was his thing. And I, I gotta tell you, watching people play that, uh, you know, playing Street Fighter F- uh, Four at the time or Marvel vs. Capcom Three, that there is a level of you know, like like this is more than just talent. This is this is someone who has real skills that are able to. You know, uh, this pinpoint, figuring out the exact frame in which to react and things like that. That's incredibly uh, impressive. Um, it's just not my, my, it's not my thing. Uh, but no, I, I think, um, you know, it definitely is the interest of many, many people. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, you know, I'm all for it in that regard. It's just, I, I got no real frame of reference for it. And I, I haven't found the thing yet that I'm like, I want, I have to watch this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- I think that is one of the big things is like for me, um, like I if there's a major league game in like COD tournament, like I'm not a COD player. I haven't played a Call of Duty for years, but I'll happily sit down and watch it for an hour because watching those guys and like doing what they do, um, like some of it is just insane like their reaction times and how like accurate they are is just incredible and it's amazing to watch um but like um bobby mentioned the overwatch league like i'm really excited for that and unfortunately news of that just seems to have died recently Mm -hmm. um word is i was speaking to cozy about it the other day apparently there's some issue with blizzard asking too much money from sponsors which is what the hitch is at the moment but i don't know if that's any truth to it but like um there was an overwatch tournament over the weekend so i was sort of watching it when uh, where i could over the weekend while i was away and then i watched some on um sunday with cody as well and it was just it was really cool it's the first time i've ever watched um like a tournament of gaming at the same time as like a friend is as well who like obviously Cody's probably arguably the best Overwatch player among us um I'm sure Justin will fight for that but <laughs> you know I'll I'll put the cat amongst the pigeons there um but yeah it's just really cool like as as an Overwatch player myself like I won't claim to be like brilliant at it I can hold my own I do okay in um competitive but you know just you know getting messages from people just like oh my god that play was crazy and that it builds your appreciation a of like 
how good those people are who are playing the game and b um like makes you as a as a player of that game it, it's almost like watching a completely different game entirely because the way like pros and high level overwatch players play the game is entirely different to like what you see if you just jump into quick play or you know the lower leagues in um in competitive um so yeah i guess it you know there's there's so many different sort of like entry points into it like whether it's the game you like whether it's you want to see people who are playing with the skills um but i just, I, I guess for me personally i think it would just be, um it's i think video games to to a certain extent are still sort of like like looked at with the old like the side eye with a lot of people and i think the growth of esports um would help to sort of like stop that it's the same same as like people with like comic book readers like the amount of times i get people saying oh you read comics why don't you grow up um you know and stuff like that and i it would just be great to see video games recognized in that that respect and you know for me i do legitimately see a certain level of video games as you know can legitimately be called a sport because the level of coordination that you have to have between your limbs your eyes what you're seeing what you're doing is amazing and when they get to that level the the you know the difference between winning and losing is you know marginal and there's, there's big money in it these days and those like the top players in the um like the mlg teams for the cod tournaments you see the the money in that is crazy now oh yeah i mean um, like you look at the dota the international the, the big dota tournament it's like a ridiculous amount of money yeah um, and then they hold yeah. like tournaments in madison square gardens during um new york comic-con these days and it like they pack the place out there's like twenty thousand people in there watching it um so yeah i guess like and over here there's another thing as well there's um uh a video game like it's kind of it's it's a game show really um there's a comedian of irish comedian called dara o'brien and he's got a tv show called um eight bit and he basically has celebrities who love gaming on there and they they play video games against each other competitively um and i guess for me i just want to see i would love to see esports you know be on tv and stuff like that and for people to like be able to like like you said bobby have that um representation in their local area of mm-hmm. like something to get behind like a team to get behind so yeah i think that's that's my main thought on it is just like i'm excited to hopefully one day like esports will get to the point where you know you'll see somebody walking around in like you know Kind of like that episode of Seinfeld where he paints his face and he's got to support the team. Um, You're speaking of Mr. David Putty. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So, right. yeah. Cool. I would, I would just love to see it grow even more, basically. All right, cool. Very cool. Matt, do you have the Google Doc open right now? I do. Can you read the uh, the listener question from Adam Estep? I can. Cool. 
I'm in full blown Star Wars obsession mode at the moment uh, because I've had, <laughs> yeah, right. Because I've had the pleasure of going to Star Wars Celebration this year. Wow, nice. Way to email us just to make us just. Uh, yeah. I was able to check out a few of the panels, including the Battlefront panel, and holy crap, am I excited! Me too. It seems that they have really listened to the fans. If they deliver on what they are promising, I think that sort of behavior should be rewarded and praised. One thing I am really excited about is the tie-in book Inferno Squad by Christy Golden. And he is right. I I was wrong about who was writing that. Uh, And as soon as I got done with the podcast last time, I had to look it up. He's right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's not Claudia Gray. She is writing a short story. Anyway, back to the question. Um, I want to know more about the uh, Iden Versio uh, and her hunt for Saul Guerrero and his team. Uh, I, for one, would love for them to bring back the Jedi Outcast series with Kyle Katarn. Uh, Jedi Knight 2 is the reason I built my first gaming PC. It was my introduction to clans and online multiplayer. I still play games with someone I met while playing the game all those years ago. I even met up with him and his wife this year at Celebration. That's awesome. Uh, that being said, what is your dream Star Wars game? Oh, boy. Oof. Damn, that's, that's a big question. Yeah, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is going to go to Hugh and, uh, Hugh and Matt big time on this one. But uh, uh, Kelsey, do you have a – uh, let's let them think. Do you have a dream Star Wars game? <laughs> I do. I actually thought about this uh... – quite a bit today um (laughs) i want a leia a princess leia vr where i am princess leia okay and i make out with harrison ford i would play that not han not han solo harrison ford specifically specifically. i don't like the earring no han solo and not Luke though. I, in this game, I I know I know he's my brother. Okay, okay. No weird, no weirdness in that. In that no weird. So okay. you you pass the midpoint of Return of the Jedi then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I think it would be cool, like, to have a sort of game like that where you could be the be the character and like maybe not maybe I wouldn't play Leia's arc in the movies exactly. Maybe they like throw in some new things that you can only know if you play the VR game or like. You know, well, there's, there's, to... there's a lot of stuff after new uh, after Return of the Jedi before Force Awakens where exactly. Leia was, was doing a book. lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, there was a book that Claudia uh, Gray wrote actually, mm-hmm. uh, Bloodlines, yeah. and there's where you see Leia's sort of um, political place in uh, the Star Wars universe, and I think like. That mixed with like her adventurousness would be like a great VR kind of game. Like maybe not the political part, like sit, having to sit through the entire discussion. <laughs> yeah, we've already done politics in Star Wars. That didn't do well. Yeah. <laughs> Intergalactic C-SPAN. <laughs> yeah. But I think it would be like it would just be cool. I was honestly, uh, I don't even know why I'm lying. I just want to make out with. Pencil. Okay. All right. Well, you're that's honest, fine, Kelsey. Kelsey. You're it's honest. perfectly you're legitimate honest. reason. Who does? Yeah. Exactly. Um, Matt, you've had some time to think. What's your dream Star Wars game? Uh, you know, I, I always go back to books. Uh, when it comes to this, because I feel like uh, when the books were really good, uh, you know, they were they were so different from the movies. 
Uh, one of my favorite Star Wars books were the kind of anthology books like Tales from Jabba's Palace and Tales of the Bounty Hunter. So I feel like that's such a fun, interesting aspect uh, of Star Wars. Because I always hated uh, any game where you had to play as a Jedi. Because when, you feel, when you're a Jedi or when you're a Sith, you feel a little overpowered. And any time they kind of stifle that. Like I hate in Battlefront when I'm Vader or Luke. And I get shot, and I'm like, "No, I didn't." You know, I, like, <laughs> "Oh no, you didn't. Like, You've broken anytime, my immersion." <laughs> anytime a Rodian like brings down Darth Vader, I'm like, "No, no, come that's on, that's just not not supposed to happen." But like bounty hunter stuff, uh, you know, that's that, that's why 1313 was such a bummer when it got canceled because that was going to be the the grungy side of Coruscant. That was going to be the the Skid Row, and people were really really excited because that's you know. It, Ask anyone about the you know the uh, Clone Wars era. Like one of their favorite characters were going to be like Hondo or Cad Bane. Uh, those that kind of scum, uh, sleazy guy. It, it's the element of why why people like Han Solo so much. Mm-hmm. It's just you know I, I would love to do something along the lines of like a Jabba's Palace or like the underworld of Star Wars because it's fascinating, mm-hmm. uh, especially around the Galactic Empire era. Gotcha. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Hugh? Um, well, first of all, it would have to be developed by Naughty Dog. Okay. Um, and what I would love to see, I think it kind of, I, I was, I think it was Rogue One when Rogue One came out and after seeing that and I was kind of thinking it was nice, like that film was the first sort of real showing of like the the down and dirty of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So, what I'd love to see is just um, a naughty dog game about like a small group of, um, you know, just like a squad of rebels, where you know they're not looking for anything like the Death Star plans or anything like that, but just sort of telling their story through their time in the rebellion and the missions they go on and their sort of their relationships with each other and how they sort of like intertwine with like the larger like Star Wars universe like I I always enjoy playing if a game is like part of something that's you know has a larger universe mm-hmm. like if you're playing as someone and you sort of you sort of intersect with like something from like the timeline you know but you're only sort of going through it so it's kind of like that sort of you know you wave to it as you go by type thing um and just have like um just sort of the story of this group of rebels told from their point of view as maybe they go through like the the time period of like the original trilogy or something like that where you know the stuff with like the death stars going on but they're elsewhere sort of doing missions to to help out with that like you know maybe like sabotaging imperial transports and stuff like that so they don't have enough supplies to you know to stop tie fighters getting to the death star and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, so that that would be really cool, um, but yeah, I would. I think. What else was it? I was thinking. Of? I think you might be. I mean, we don't know what the game is, but that game that being developed by, 
Amy Hennig's team at EA, yes. the story-based game, mm. um, I think is going to be see. I mean, what we've seen of it seems like along the lines of what you're talking about. Yeah, and I would I would love to see, even if it just isn't like a full game, I would I would love more um, like X-wing VR missions because the one that came out for Battlefront was really fucking cool. You probably get more of them in Battlefront 2, I'm going to guess. I hope so. And that team is working with the core team on stuff yeah. for the game. Um, you know, for me, like, Matt, very similar to what you said, I, I don't necessarily need to be, like, the scum underbelly stuff, but I would like to be taken away from the main theater of conflict in the in this, in this sort of Star Wars universe. Um you know, I don't necessarily want to be like the team on the ground that like, oh, mm-hmm. look, the Death Star is up there and it's going to explode. And oh, we're not part of that yeah. story, but we're right near that story. I don't want it to be that. I would love to see some like a character like um, like when we find Rey at the beginning of Force Awakens, when she's sort of like this scavenger going through these ships. Um, I would love to play as a character who kind of does that and has like their own sort of story going on just checkerboarded into this wider universe um because i think that too often the the too often the the, the problem i think is probably too strong a word but the, i think the narrative issue for me in, in most star wars stuff is that the 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 instinct right is to always move towards the the stuff that we we've known in the movies, right? So it's like, right. look at like even at the end of Rogue One, it's like, oh, see, 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 it's right at the, mm-hmm. you, you know, and and I don't need that. Like I want it to be something where I go, okay, yeah, that's cool because some of like the tropes are here, um, and, but not necessarily the characters and the scenarios that are happening. Which is why I love like the Knights of the Old Republic games so much because they're thousands of years in the past. Um, but that's what I want. I want something that's like, hey, I'm just like a, I'm just like a. I'm just like a smuggler, not a smuggler necessarily, but like a, a scrapper who's trying to make their way. And then you get involved in some sort of cool, big story, but not the big story we've seen everywhere else a bunch of times. I don't want to see Darth Vader anywhere in it. You know, I just yeah. I just want yeah. to see the cool stuff that... Because the universe is so big and so sprawling. And I think we talked about this with the Battlefront thing, but like, it's so big and so sprawling. I want to see them explore those things as much as possible. Yeah. I are you reading the Doctor Afra comic? I am not. I'm not. I am not right now. I do like that character from yeah. the uh, the Darth Vader book, though. I you know it. The first few issues are really good because it's distant from you know uh, some of the main action, but they're about to have a crossover. So of course, of course you know, of course, <laughs> so it is comic books. But even if it's Star Wars, I thought that would be. I thought it would be that character's chance to kind of be that that thing where they get to distance themselves. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Star Wars. You know, it's a universe. I like it when it feels like a universe. Yeah. Uh, you know, those characters need to exist in there, but at the same time, it's nice to distance. Yes, hundred percent, it is from them. Um, okay, so before we get out of here, I do want to go, Matt. I do want to cover this in- monumental news that happened. <laughs> it's the 25th anniversary of Night Trap, and it's getting yeah. re-released on on PS4 and and PC. I think Xbox One. Yeah, and this is this is uh, so Night Trap. People like to put on the rose-colored glasses and think, "Oh, it's Night Trap." Right before we go there, Mike, what is Night Trap? Because some people right. probably don't even know. It's a full-motion video game that was originally released for Sega CD. Before it wasn't made for Sega CD. It was made for a failed uh, home. It was supposed to be like a VHS kind of thing. Never worked out. Uh, so you know, 
I think it was filmed in like 87 and was released in 92. But anyway, it was made for Sega CD and it's uh, FMV, full motion video. Uh, essentially, it's about uh, you are a member of SCAT, which is a terrible name. Um, <laughs> but you, uh, you are essentially like an underground uh, kind of black ops kind of group, but you're monitoring this house where girls have disappeared. And uh, there's another wave of girls that are going to be going through this house. And it's a va- family of vampires. And they have these creepy dudes named Augers. The whole thing is a very cheesy B-movie kind of vibe to it. Um, what's important about Night Trap is, of course, that and Mortal Kombat are responsible for uh, why we have video game ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, it was incredibly controversial at the time. It, it is incredibly tame. It was tame at the time. Um, even by video game standards. There's one scene, I think people were just jarred by the fact that it was realistic. Yeah, it was real uh, people. I think that was, the, exactly. that was the thing about it. Yeah, I think yeah. it was the first game in the UK that actually ended up having a certificate given to it by the British Board of Film Classification, if I remember oh, right. Wow. That's wild. Uh, that, 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 that's, awesome. that's awesome. And this is... this. This is an important game. It's not a good game. The problem with this game, I, I, I actually didn't want to talk about this earlier, but I have been coming back and playing some Night Trap, uh, the Sega CD version. And, you know, it just brings all those memories back of, oh, this game is actually really bad. Because in order to see everything, you have to play it like eight different times. <laughs> because you're constantly jumping from, you, you have a security camera in every room of this house. And... You are trying to trap these creatures called augers, which are trying to kidnap the teenage girls and everything. Uh, so you're you're jumping from room to room and trying to make sure that you have the correct access code. In order to do that, you can't just stay in one place and watch what's going on. Um, and there's some very funny, uh, cheesy moments that are in the game. But what's really cool about this re-release uh, is it's getting the all-star treatment, which I think is very important. Uh, as I mentioned, yeah, not a good game, but an important one. And uh, as far as the pedigree of who's behind working on it, I'm not sure. I don't know much about Screaming. I think it's Villains is the company that's putting it out. Okay. But I know that as far as the, re- the restoration of the video, it's the guys on the YouTube channel, My Life in Gaming, which okay. is all about, uh, you know, the best way to play retro games and using modern equipment. Uh, it, it's a fascinating rabbit hole to fall down. Uh, and these guys are really, uh, it's Ty and Corey, I can't remember the last names, but uh, they were kind of, you know, useful apparently in, in pulling a lot of that footage. And um, I, I'm very excited about it. It, it. it seems like a great little package. It's going to be a fun novelty mm-hmm. at the very least. For sure. Um, You'll get some good streams out of it too. People will stream it and it'll be funny. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's right now you can go to Night Trap. Uh, 25.com you can download the song Night Trap uh, for free and you can grab a tennis racket and sing into it all you want just like the girls in Night Trap do Um, you uh, it is going to be physically released by limited run games uh, and they will have three variants they will have the more animated box cover uh, that was the first release but it was kind of pulled from shelves because you know it was at Toys R Us and Mm -hmm. The girl in the box had cleavage, and, well, we can't have that. Um, the later versions have the actual actors on them. Um, so they're releasing a variant of each one. It's only going to be for PS4, the physical release. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's... I think I, I like seeing stuff like this. That's why I was really excited about the Disney Afternoon. 
thing. Right. I, yeah. I, and my main reason why I'm I'm excited about uh, Night Trap being released is Sega CD games don't exactly get the re-release treatment, and no, it's a console that people people are pretty hard on because of games like Night Trap. There are a lot of really cheesy full motion video games, some that are incredibly hard to play. Um, but there Night is Trap also is one of them. Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which <laughs> yes, is there awesome. Is. <laughs> there is there's uh, Prize Fighter and uh, uh, Road Avenger and everything else. Uh, but you know the Sega CD is an excellent, excellent system. So I, I'm, I, I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to see these restored footage because I've only seen Night Trap played on the Sega CD, mm-hmm. and to see this, even in the commercial they have for it, some of these clips that are like kind of burnt into my memory, to see them like cleaned up and restored, it's kind of, it's really surreal. It's a weird, weird thing uh, to see. Uh, but yeah, I'm. Uh, it looks awesome. I'm very excited about it, and I like when I like when weird stuff gets attention. And I think video game preservation in history is 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 kind of a burgeoning burgeoning uh, area right now. Yeah. So. Have you checked out that new video game museum, video game historical society? I don't know what it. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. I've looked into it a little bit. Um, I, I I feel like most of it is. Uh, somewhere you have to kind of visit, not exactly. I don't know how much of an online presence they really have right now, but yeah, uh, I, I I know. Uh, oh, I can't remember all who who's involved with it, but they they're, they're reaching out to a lot of different uh, people that have been in the industry for a long time. Yeah, and I think that that that's awesome because you know it's Night Trap's twenty five years old. Video games have been around for about forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look at film where it was after 40 years. Look at, you know, comic books where they were after 40 years. This is, this is, we are on the cusp of, we've already crossed it, of where video games are taken incredibly seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding the history is vitally important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Everything, everything starts off as a novelty. So. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, preservation is incredibly important and I'm really happy to see these additions coming out. Um, mm-hmm. and I hope they keep doing them and I hope they keep yeah. making some sort of money, enough money that makes them want to keep doing it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, cool. So I think that's going to do it for talking games, um, for this week. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at talking underscore games, or please email us games at talkingcomicbooks.com. A little light on the listener questions this week. So we need some more. So please get them coming in, go to our YouTube channel, um, subscribe like there. We've got a lot of stuff going up. Resident Evil seven videos with Justin and I, he was doing his lying videos where he plays Mario Kart eight. Um, <laughs> Cody's doing another season of competitive overwatch. Um, we got the ramps. So we're, we're, there's going to be a Battlegrounds video going up. So if you heard us talking about it, and you're interested in what it is. Um, it might be a cool thing for you to check out. Watching somebody who's horrible at it play it. Um, you... I, I really want hardcore Hugh to become a thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a video of me trying to shoot people while running right. into door frames in a video game. Yeah, hardcore Hugh is a good name for some, for a series of something for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep that in the every in the episode. Background. He rips his shirt off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Hardcore Hugh parkour. It's going to have to buy a lot of t-shirts. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Bobby Shortall. Hugh. I am at H underscore Paz. Kelsey. Kelsamus, K-E-L-S-S-A-M-U-S. And Matt. I'm at Johnny Matt Wood. All right, awesome. Yeah, so check out the website, talkingcomicbooks.com, for all of our reviews and uh, bevy of podcasts, including legendary runs with Mr. Matt mm-hmm. Wood right, right here. Um, 
But yeah, that's going to do us. Uh, do us. That's going to do it for this week for Talking Games. Justin will be Go. back next week. Go check out our YouTube channel. Check out our Patreon. But until then, thank you, Hugh. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Bobby. And thank you to all of you who are listening. Until next time, be good to one another.